get any sponsors for any of your jet cars Mike
So, so for the earthquake, Jack, what what kind of fuel did you run? A kerosene? Kerosene, diesel fuel, whatever was really available. Uh, uh, they're both, you know. We used to go to the airport every once. If there was an airport real close, we'd go over there and buy Jet Jet A, uh, which is just you know cleaned up diesel fuel, basically. But I'd say ninety percent of the time we just were. And we stop for gas in the truck stop, and we pull up to the next pump for diesel for the race car. And, and you know, it, it all works in those things. Jets will burn a lot of stuff. The, what, what made you come up with the name Earthquake, just because of the way they shake the ground? You know, I just thought that was a real good name for a car. Uh, you know, we all pick a name that we kind of like and think it'll work and some of these guys come up with names that I think why would you ever name your car that well what's that all about it has nothing to do with what you're doing but you know I thought earthquake was appropriate now if you were able to do time traveling uh, jet car career would you do anything differently Mike Early in the afternoon, that was it. But we had to be there early 
So now, Michael, do you have a most embarrassing moment in jet car racing? Most embarrassing, let me think here. Well, the only thing I can kind of think that might equate to that was we were at St. Air up in Canada. And the car, uh, the batteries just, uh, were low in, in the car. And I charged them. I don't know. They just didn't seem to take a charge like they should have. And the car didn't start because I just didn't have enough juice, you know, to get it going. And uh, that was kind of embarrassing. Oh, and that track promoter was not a happy camper. But uh, neither was I. That uh, was kind of embarrassing that you go out there and the car won't start. But I guess it's happened to the best of them. I'm not saying I was the best of them, but it's happened to a lot of people. Something happens, you know, and that never happened again. But all it takes is once. So now, Michael, if someone listens to this interview and they're like thinking about, you know, getting into jet car driving, well, what kind of advice would you give that person? has this idea that they're going to build a jet car and they are going to be booked 50 times a year. They're going to make a ton of money and it just don't work that way. And especially now, like I said before, there are so many cars out there all competing for a date. So what, you know what happens then? The new guy who nobody knows is going to have to start dropping his price. And he's going to drop his price and drop his price until finally he can't even make a living. And somebody gives him a job and he loses money going to a race. That's not the way you play that game. You're supposed to make money at this thing. But when you have so many cars competing for uh, a booking, and you have to hold the line. You have to, and if you're a new guy, you have nothing. You don't have much leverage. Hey, I'm. You remember who I am, right? No, who are you? Never heard of you before. I'm the guy with the car that's the hot fire car. Oh, really? Never heard of it. You know, they want people that uh, the track guys want people that have have been around for a while. You have to develop the show that you put on. You know, all the, all the fire show and the fireballs and the burner pops. You, you have to get that all figured out and how to do it. And, and so it's exciting. The buildup before the race is as much fun as the race to the spectators, or should be. Listen to those guys. Bang, 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 bang. Burner pops all over the place. Aggie Hendrix, I love her great girl. Drove for Wayne Canute, the Odyssey jet car, first lady in of uh, jet car racing. You know, she's the first driver that was a woman. And uh, she's developed what I call the machine gun burner pops, and which was bang, 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 fast as you could do them. She did them. I wasn't a big fan of it all the time. I 
much. Bam, 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 bam. So um, yeah, my act was a little different. And there's a big difference between a day race and a night race. Night racing, yeah, everybody sees the fire, no problem. Everybody sees the fireballs, no problem. The burner pops, all, all that stuff, you see it. That fire is coming out. But during uh, a day race, you have to compensate for the fact that people aren't going to be able to really see that much fire. So what I used to do was I made a lot of what we called smoke. And that was all that was was afterburner fuel coming out, but not lit. We hadn't lit it yet. So you throw a handle. It opens a valve, all that smoke comes out. And, and your listeners that have seen a jet run, they know about smoke. Oh, yeah. And all that is is fuel. It's just raw fuel coming out of there. But it's coming out under such high pressure. And, you know, the engine's running almost wide open at, or say, 75%. That's a burner a, a fireball we're talking about. So it's coming out, you know, that engine's running pretty good. And uh, uh, so you get all the visual of this huge ball of white smoke coming out of there. So that compensates for the fact that if I actually did a burner pop or a fireball, you really don't see it during the day. It really comes to life. Uh, you know, uh, a virus show at night. Right. Well, if you're, what do you do if it's daytime? So you got to make something different. And that's when I kind of developed the way I like to do it. Everybody does it their, their way. That's it. You know, nobody tells you how to do it. You do what you want to do. But I wanted it to be visual. If you can't see fire, I'm going to show you some smoke, buddy. You're going to see something. And you're going to go, what? Look at that. It obliterates anything behind you. You can't see one foot into it, you know. It's smoke time. I was used to joke, I wanted extra money. I, I sprayed for the mosquitoes. Yeah. Yeah, next, next, next Saturday, the 29th, we have our night of fire over here at Great Lakes Dragway. Uh-huh. I saw the listing for it. Yeah. It's going to be fun. Oh, yeah. Night, night, night racing jets is the thing, you know. They're the best. They put out so much fire and smoke. They're wonderful. <laughs> I do say so myself. So now, Michael, I'm going to ask you a few fun questions here before we finish out the interview. Uh, ready for some fun questions? I guess. We'll what, see how much fun they are. What's your favorite food to eat? I love to cook, let me tell you right now. I, I am, and I am a good cook. Uh, so... I don't have really any favorites. I know how to cook everything. Well, what's your favorite food to cook? I guess uh, I'm Hungarian, so I'll say Hungarian goulash. <laughs> okay, so what is your favorite beverage to drink? Oh, well, I'm not a drinker, so uh, it has to be some kind of soft drink. Burner's uh, ginger ale, that's my favorite. Burner's Ginger, I never heard that one. It's the best. Go try to find it, you'll love it. 
If anybody likes ginger ale, that's the one. Burners. Now, do you, do you watch movies at all? Are you a movie guy at all? Not at all. How about back in the early days? Do you, you ever watch movies when you were younger? Uh, you know, when I was real young, yeah. You know, 10 years old. But I just never liked <laughs> movies. I, I think they're... You know, my opinion is certainly not that of the world's who like every movie that comes out. I don't. I like, my girlfriend likes to go to movies. She has finally stopped asking me to go after years because she knows I'm going to hate them. And I, and I don't like 9 out of 10. There are some movies that I do like, and, and it's because I know the actors in them will be great. They don't do bad films, you know? So I can, if, if, uh, if there's a George Clooney movie, he doesn't do bad movies. So I know it's going to be a realistic kind of uh, movie and he's going to be good in it. Michael Douglas Jr., I think he's great. And the problem is they, they don't make enough movies. <laughs> <laughs> So what, what's your favorite kind of movie, like dramas, suspense, uh, you know? I, I, you know, drama is, I guess, my, the way I call it. I don't like BS. I, I hate BS. I can go, you know, that's kid stuff as far as I'm concerned. Stop booing fans. I understand I don't hit all the notes for everybody. <laughs> but that's my, that's why I don't go anymore. I go to a movie and I go, why do they do that? That made this hokey. That would have been a great movie if they didn't do this, this, and this. Action movies, forget it. I mean, I wouldn't go see one if you paid me. I've seen enough of them to realize this was a big mistake. You know, I just, they have these fight scenes going for 30 minutes. Who can fight for 30 minutes? Nobody. <laughs> car chase scenes to go on forever and ever and ever. Do a realistic one. Do a do a five minute one or you know, don't don't make them drive from LA to San Francisco during a chase. Give me a break. So do you have a do you have a favorite movie of all time? You wanna know what it is? This is the dumbest thing. I do have one. And it's Saturday night fever. I, that, I love that movie. That was a great, great movie. Aside from all the dancing in it, it was just a real story. Yeah. A real story. And that's kind of what I like, reality stuff. I don't like made-up crap. You know, I like to see the real story. And that was a story about guys living in New York, dancing on the weekends, working all week, just like real people. That's the kind of movies I like that's my favorite one, Saturday Night Fever. I've seen it so many times. Every time it comes on, I'll watch it again. If I see that it's on, I'm going to tune in. I thought it was great. Now, do you watch racing movies at all? Like, you know, like the Shirley Modani one, The Heart of a Wheel, or anything like that? I didn't see that one. I don't know why. I would have liked to have seen it, but I don't know why. Uh, I just missed it. I, I don't see... You're American. I'm trying to think what kind of ones. <laughs> the last one I saw, what's the one with uh, uh, that Ron Howard was in American Graffiti? Yeah. Yeah. 
you know, what was that, 40 years ago? Yeah. And I saw it. Sure I did. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so now... On the on the track, when you used to go to the track, when you used to race uh, the jet cars, did you eat regularly, or did you eat very light when you on a race day? Uh, I just ate. We we didn't, uh, you know, we eat before we went, and we take food. Or I used to love, believe it or not, I love drag strip food. <laughs> I got people that go, "What? Are you crazy?" I loved it. I'd go through all the vendors. I loved it. Greasier the better, you know. Just I always loved to eat at the drag strip, so uh, I never went hungry there. That's for sure. And then, uh, uh, how about uh, did you ever watch cartoons when you were growing up as a kid? Yeah, I guess I did. Sure. What was your favorite cartoon when you were young? Yeah. Even the cartoons when I was a kid, you know. Yep. Did you, how about did you have a favorite TV show? Uh, I like reality television, real stuff, not the phony crap that they have on TV now. I like the uh, murder, solve a murder show. I real real shows. Reality. Uh, those are the kinds that I kind of watch. I very rarely watch the ABC or CBS or NBC. There's little shows that are written for actors. I don't want to know about actors. I want to see the real people. The real guy that killed his family. I want to go from start to finish where they finally execute the guy at the end. You know? I want to see the whole story, how they caught, uh, how many years it took before they did whatever they ended up finally doing, you know, to him, whether he got a life or life with parole, without, I want to know everything. I like those kind of shows. I'm a big fan of them. Okay, so now, now that you don't drive jet cars anymore, do you have any hobbies? Actually, uh, I do some artwork, some metal artwork. Uh, I always kind of enjoyed piddling around with that years ago, and now I've been, uh, I do wall hangings, I do table art, all metal stuff that I, you know, will cut out and weld up, and, and I recently got a uh, plasma cutter, and uh, that's kind of fun to learn how to do something with that. I've been, uh, been just messing with it a little bit here recently. And uh, this opens up a whole new field. Uh, you know, you cut out any shape you want. It can be some big, thick metal quarter-inch plate. Bang. Cuts through that stuff like it's butter. It's amazing to me, the equipment that's out there now. For, and, you know, guys that actually are using it to build something. Not artwork, but, it, you know, I just, yeah, so I'm a, kind of a, little bit of artwork. I'm looking right now, 
I have a wall hanging hanging on my wall. It's made out of uh, all the tubing that I used to get when I worked at Edmund Hedrick. I would go into the scrap barrel and take it home with me, and then I'd make a wall hanging out of it. And below that, I have a high wheel bicycle that I made, you know, out of like eighth inch, three sixteenths inch round tubing. And next to that is a chopper that I made, uh, you know. And next to that is a, a fish that I made that has a little stand. That, so I'm looking at it right now in, in my living room. Wow. That's pretty cool, Mike. So now, when you were jet car driving, did you have any... Uh, you know, other drivers out there that you loved to line up with all the time? I know who I didn't like to line <laughs> up with in the beginning. And that was Doug Rose, because his car was fast. And uh, you just, you knew what was going to happen when you raced against him. But I will say this. There was, a, you know, jet car racers are not allowed to race for money. Right. We're not allowed to do that. There's not a, you lose, you go home. We're paid to put a show on. And there were three events that we had. One was up in Sanford, Maine, far away as you could be. And that was one race that we raced. It was a weekend thing where we had them all, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And one was in Epping, New Hampshire. One was in Sanford, Maine. And I cannot remember the other track, some track up there. And this was, you You were guaranteed a certain amount of money, but it was hardly enough to pay your way to get there, you know. So you really wanted to win. And this was a, you lose, you go off. And I beat Doug Rose. And I thought, boy, he's going to be mad. <laughs> and he sort of was, because he wasn't supposed to lose, you know, in his mind or basically in anybody else's mind at that point. Big dogs were Doug and Freddie Sibley Sr. And the rest of us were just kind of hanging in there. And when you're a tenth off, you're a tenth off. That's it, you know. And you got to make it up somewhere. And that's how I beat Doug on a whole shot. And uh, I thought, this is cool. I'm going to go. I won. The, I won. I won this race. So I made a little extra from what we normally would make. But I... Uh, then the next two races, I raced Sibley, and he kicked my butt both first first rounds that I was with him. So, you know, it all, all broke out down to, in the wash to, uh, we should have just stuck with getting paid this much money to come up here. And that was, then the NHRI heard about, out of about it, and they did not like it at all. And they said, you ever do this again, you'll never race for us again. So we didn't do that no more. Let's face it, NHR is the big dog. We used to race on these racetracks that you'd go, are you kidding me? You know, and we were still, you know, when we were running 250, the best guys in top fuel were running 220. We were out miling them, on the, you know, we just couldn't get the ET along with it. Because these things were hard to move off the starting line. Well, I had a J46 engine. It weighed one ton. 2,000 pounds. 
the engine, you know. And that's when, back in the day, when we really used to make some tanks, big, heavy wall tubing, big tubing and heavy wall. These guys were 3,500 pounds. And, you know, they just didn't explode off the starting line. Uh, and I always thought they were pretty fast. You know, when we started using the J-85 engines, man, oh man, the first time I ever went out with one to hit the burner, I was like shocked. That was like getting shot out of a cannon, I thought. You know, that was like, holy cow, what happened here? And you get used to it right away, you know. It didn't take long to get used to any of it. I used to do things that people could not believe. Maybe they were stupid, maybe they were dumb, but I'd get to the shutdown area and I'd go, see that reaction time? And Phil Gustin would go, what are you talking about? It's the reaction time, what are, you, what are you talking about? I said, what's on the scoreboard? He goes, what are you doing looking at the scoreboard? You're supposed to be looking at the track. I'm going, yeah, but uh, you look up for one instant and you can see a lot. I, I thought that many times that if you told me where you were going to be standing in a, in a, as a spectator, you know, I'm going to be standing here. I could see you as I went by because you're not going by them at 260 miles an hour. You kick them out as you're going down the track. You can let your eye glance over, go back to the track, pick up the person again, and see what he, where he's at. You know, you can see him. Uh, to me, that was never any special. It was just something you could do. You just sort of had to, you know, you were coming up on somebody, and they were far enough off the track, it wasn't like you were going to pass them doing 250. Yeah, you're doing 250, but you are not passing that person five feet away 250. So you could do a lot of things in the car that, uh, you know, people might think were dumb. Maybe they were dumb. I, I don't, I never considered it that way. I never took my eyes off the track for three or four seconds, you know, half the way down. That was not what my intent was. But you could glance over and see things and sort of pick out particular people. If, if you really wanted to, if you knew they were there, you could pick them out. Say, hey, I saw you. You had your left arm up waving to me. You, you saw that? Yeah, I saw it. Oh, wow. You know, okay. <laughs> but it just didn't seem like that was the such an impossible thing to do. Yeah. So, well, Michael, I want to thank you uh, very much for taking time to do interview today. Well, I didn't realize it was going to be this much time either. I hope we could I hope the people that uh, tune in stick with it all the way. <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, thank you for having me and uh, all your podcast buddies out there. Uh, say hello and hopefully you guys will tune in again and hear what old Dave got to say. Well, thanks again, Michael, and uh, you have a blessed day. Thank you, and you too. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. Good day, buddy.